Well, you know, you were talking about, we've had so many discussions about this in the past, about the courting period. And, you know, what goes on in the courting period? You're paying attention to the other person. You're letting them know that they matter. You're showing appreciation for things they do. You're noticing things like their outfit or, you know, et cetera. So I think that that's the kind of um, that would be the equivalent of the Ikea effect. I will also say that it's because those things fall along the wayside because we start to take each other for granted that that's when people are dissatisfied in their relationships. Mm -hmm. That's when, you know, we start to feel like, uh, this isn't really, you know, giving me what I want or what I would like. This week, we are going to discuss the IKEA effect. What the heck is it? Spoiler, it's related to applying some work to a project. So what does that mean for your marriage, and how can it be applied? Dr. Karen Sherman shares her insights. Stay tuned. Underneath the lights, I never want to give it back. This feeling. Hi, I'm going to keep this short. If you're new to the podcast, welcome. You should know that we have a website, hitchmag.com, with thousands of articles, our complete podcast archive with over 500 episodes, a free weekly newsletter, and more. If you like this podcast, please leave a rating or review to help encourage others to join. And without further ado, enjoy. Hey, everybody. Welcome back. This is Steve Cooper, editor-in-chief of HitchedMag.com. I am joined once again by the lovely, the brilliant, the original, Dr. Karen Sherman. Hi, Karen. Hi, Steve. Good to be with you. Hello. It is great to hear your voice. Uh, Karen is a practicing psychologist and relationship and lifestyle issues for over 30 years. Karen is the author of Mindfulness and the Art of Choice, Transform Your Life, and is also the co-author of Marriage Magic, Find It, Keep It, and Make It Last. Uh, You can get this information at her website, drkarensherman.com. And today, we are going to talk about what is referred to as the IKEA effect. So... um, What the heck is that? So research has shown that when some labor is required, as in you buy a dresser and then you have to assemble it, but you're not actually cutting the wood and sanding it and all that other stuff, whether adding a few bolts to a table or uh, another example, and there's been studies on um, instant cake mix, for example, so adding like eggs and oil to uh, a, a cake mix, people get a greater... Uh, sense of satisfaction from that process and accomplishment when when they are done with it. So um, this what, what I also thought thought was interesting is they have done these kind of studies with rats. So when rats have to actually work to get their food, um, there was uh, a level of satisfaction built into uh, the measurements that they were doing with the rats as well. I just want to know how do they know that the rat is satisfied? Uh, that was, that is a good question. Um, I would have to go back and read that study. Um, but Uh I do remember, so I pulled this from a psychology today article. Um, and, uh, they referenced the, the study that this came out of, um, and I can't remember what they said about the rat thing, 
but this was studied in rats and there was a correlation there. Well, um, maybe they took a survey right. and they marked off that they <laughs> right. were very satisfied. A phone survey of the rats. Yes. <laughs> yes. Um, okay. So, uh, this got me thinking though about relationships and, mm-hmm. um, the constant conversation that we're having about the effort that people need to put into their relationship. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I was thinking, do you think that this type of required effort can have the same type of satisfaction or impact on relationships? Yeah, I do. I do. I think in general, when we have skin in the game, as they say, Mm -hmm. um, we're more invested in it. And I was thinking about this because it's no secret. You send me the questions beforehand that initially in a relationship, if you have to work at getting the other person to notice you and, and be into you and everything, you're a lot more satisfied when it's working. Um, but I think in general, um, you know, if, if it just sort of happens and you're not doing anything and, you know, you're not really uh, invested in it, it's just not going to feel um, as good to you. Mm-hmm. So yes, I think that this goes for relationships as well. Right. And and you you brought up the early relationship stuff. I mean, this is what the courting phase is, right? Like putting in yep. that effort to make a good impression on the other person. Mm-hmm. Um so, yeah, I, I also agree there's something to be said for that. And I think there's a possibly like a sense of loss if you've put in that effort and you're not getting it back. That oh, sure. when, when things are reciprocated, it feels that much better because it, uh, I hate the idea of doing something for something in return. Um, and that, mm-hmm. that concept of doing something in vain, but I do think that when you get it back, it does feel that much better. So, well, I think to your point, it feels better because at least you feel like there's a reciprocity and that, you know, you're making these efforts and they're being recognized by the other person. And so then when they come back in a positive way, it just sort of creates, you know, a circle, the whole, the whole thing goes around in, in a really positive way. Right. And I mean, so much of relationships is being seen, right? Like, mm-hmm. uh, all, all you know, when people are going down the bad path and, and they have affairs and whatnot, it's, it's the fact that their spouse doesn't listen to them, that their spouse doesn't acknowledge them. And so they're seeking that attention. And when you get that back, the reciprocity that you're talking about, yeah. uh, that, you know, uh, this all makes sense. Um, so what might the equivalent of the Ikea effect look like in relationships? Well, you know, you were talking about, and we've had so many discussions about this in the past, about the courting period. And, you know, what goes on in the courting period? You're paying attention to the other person. You're letting them know that they matter. You're showing appreciation for things they do. You're noticing things like their outfit or, you know, et cetera. So I think that that's the kind of um, that would be the equivalent of the IKEA effect. I will also say that it's because those things fall along the wayside because we start to take each other for granted that that's when people are dissatisfied in their relationships. Mm-hmm. That's when you know we start to feel like eh, this isn't really you know giving me what I want or what I would like. Right. So would something like planning date nights be Uh, fall under the category in your mind of this Ikea effect of like putting forward that effort or maybe, 
Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I think that that is a perfect example. And, and the other one that I was thinking of is like making your spouse like her favorite meal or, or something along those lines. Sure. Again, you know, little acts of random acts of kindness. And, you know, when you, when you just said like making your spouse, her favorite meal, that means that you want to do something caretaking for her. You Mm -hmm. also know what her favorite meal is and that's going to go a long way, Mm -hmm. you know? So yeah, absolutely. That's actually a really good point. Just recognizing what that favorite meal is, is part of that process. That's a good point. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, one of the things and, and one, uh, that I have tried to be very deliberate about is not describing relationships as work, but effort. I know. I know. Right? Yeah. And so one of the dangers is when you think about this Ikea effect of having to constantly put in the effort or work uh, in your relationship, that's not appealing. So, you know, what are some of these dangers that we can avoid when thinking about this Ikea effect? Because sometimes you just want to buy a damn dresser and not have to build it yourself. Yes, of course. Uh, However, if you go and choose the dresser together, I think that that helps the relationship also. But I think that, you know, if it starts to feel like it's a grind and you're always working and you're not having enough fun with each other Mm. and enough relaxation with each other, that is going to have an overall negative effect. So, um, there's, and I can't give you an amount cause I don't think there is an amount. Sure. It has to be something that is uh, personally decided in your relationship. Um, but if you don't feel that there's a good balance and that most of the time you're working at it and trying to get the other person to understand you and trying to get the other person to notice you. And, you know, um, you're doing all sorts of things to try to improve the relationship, but it's not working. Um, and you're not having the pleasurable parts of a relationship. Mm. That's where I think it's really going to start to, um, bring the relationship down. Right. So it's, it's almost like you've, you've done the effort of building the dresser, but you don't have a dresser at the end of the day. You're not getting anything in return. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Um, sometimes when you put furniture together, however, uh, one person does all the work and the other person just kind of sits and watches. Um, Mm -hmm. is that a danger metaphorically in a relationship where one person is putting in this effort and the other person is the taker and not giving anything back? Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Now, you know, it's interesting that you're saying one person's putting the furniture together and the other person is watching. Depending on the couple, for the person who's putting it together, just having the other person present Mm. and sharing the space and spending time being involved in it, even though it's as an observer, for some couples that might work. But if we use it as a metaphor, I think that if one person feels they're doing all the work and the other person isn't, that's a risky place to be. I cannot tell you, and most of the time it's women, that when I'm working with couples, And I will offer them tools about how you can approach your partner, how you can say something differently, how you can try to be more understanding of a different perspective. I cannot tell you how many times I have heard, I'm tired being the one that's doing all the work. Mm -hmm. And what I end up saying is, you're not really doing this for the other person. You're doing this for yourself. 
Because by changing the way you're doing something, there is a very good chance that the other person, your spouse, is going to react differently, and it's going to have a different consequence. Um, So that's the way I try to get them to see it as, okay, let me try something different. But again, as I said, I have constantly heard this complaint about, I've done everything I can. I'm tired of being the one that has to do everything. And, you know, this should be on them at this point. Mm-hmm. And, and, when, and when one person feels that way, how, how is that resolved? Do you just tell the other person to get more involved or how does that person get heard? Well, you know, this is not going to be a shocking answer to you since we've worked together so long. But I think that, again, in the presentation, if the person who's doing all the work says, look, um, though I'm sure you're you're not looking to um, be negative or, you know, not contribute to this relationship, I'm not sure that you're aware that, you know, I've been doing X, Y, Z, and I'm not seeing anything coming back from you. And that makes me feel, talk about your own feelings. Don't say, you know, you're a slug or, Mm -hmm. you know, um, you just don't care. It ends up making me feel like I don't matter or that this marriage is not important. And I want to share this with you because that is at least my um, attempt at making you aware, because I also realize that if you're not aware, you know, there, there can be no changes. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I wanted to bring this to your attention and I would like to have an honest discussion about, you know, what your needs are, what my needs are, you know, how we can each be a little bit more invested so that this is a partnership for both of us. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm I'm going to change the last question a little bit, but based okay. on, based on what you said, so mm-hmm. um, perception comes into play here because sometimes mm-hmm. uh, some people, and I'm sure you've heard this in your uh, office, where you know one person will say, "Well, I'm the one that's doing all the work mm-hmm. or putting in all the effort," and the other person's like, "What are you talking about? I do mm-hmm. stuff too," and so mm-hmm. there there can be that misperception there, um, and you, you know there is a there is in fact, uh, perception and there is reality. And, um, if, if the, if it does come back to some per one person believes that they're putting in the effort, the other person doesn't believe it. Mm-hmm. Um, one of them is right. Like one of them is putting in more effort or less effort or whatnot. Um, how do you, how do you get both people to be on the same page where they feel where both feel like they're putting in not equitable amount, but satisfactory amount of effort, because we've talked about equitable amount in the past of that being, uh, you know, something that doesn't necessarily need to be done. Okay. I'm going to respectfully disagree with you because you said they both can't be right, but they both can be right. Because let's say, I'll just do this to me with an easy example. If you are working with a couple who is traditional And the man goes out and he's the one that brings in all the money. And therefore, his assumption, and that's an important word, is or his expectation is that so now the wife is going to do everything else around the house, that that's her job. 
if, however, her feeling is that once he comes home, he should be helping out with certain things, it doesn't matter to her that he's been out working all day and bringing in all the money. So they could both be right. He is contributing, but she's feeling that he's really not contributing in the way that she would perceive it or that she would expect. So I think it's important to have a discussion about a whole bunch of things. What are are our expectations? And those could have changed from the beginning of the relationship. It's really important to me. A lot of times I'll ask a couple, you know, if, if one of them's complaining about the other, was this a trait the person had before you got married? Mm-hmm. Well, yeah. Well, then they haven't changed, you yeah. know. Right. Why would you think it would be different? So you need to talk about your expectations. You need to talk about the needs each one has because unless you understand your partner's needs, you can't really respond to them. And if you can have a conversation where you are truly open and express what is important to you, then you can't really have an intimate connection emotionally. If I don't tell you what my needs are, um, and and yet I expect you to be fulfilling them, that's unfair. Mm-hmm. So a lot of times it's really a misalignment in what each of them expects, perceives, and needs. And once they can clarify that, they can then go further to discuss, okay, how are we going to create a situation that will make both of us satisfied? Right. Okay. So this gets actually to the question of if the um, expectations are understood Mm-hmm. but they're still not being met. Um, how do you motivate that change? Well, I think that you then have to say, again, I'm sure you're not doing this purposely, but we had agreed on blah, 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 and yet I don't see that happening. Um, and when it doesn't happen, this is how it leaves me feeling. And I would suggest having a conversation like this sooner than later. Because if this goes on for too long, then resentment builds up. There's much more of a disconnect. And it's hard to have that conversation because you're you're just so upset about it. Mm-hmm. So I think that when you start to see things going awry, that you say, hey, listen, I think we're a little, you know, off balance here or we've we've gone a little bit off the rail, so to speak. You know, let's let's have a talk and sort of see, you know, what's going on for both of us. And and the other thing that comes to mind is, and we've discussed this previously also, is Dr. Gary Chapman's work about the languages of love. Mm-hmm. So if I'm giving to you in a way that I feel um, should express my love to you but it's not the way that you feel loved, then I'm wasting my time. Mm -hmm. So there may be some of that going on as well. To me, 
the bottom line is you have to sit, you have to talk, you have to be able to be open to hear what your partner is saying so you can really understand them. And my guess would be, in all honesty, that it's not going to be exactly what each person wants, but it can be more so and there can be efforts made so that the message that you're sending to your partner is, I've heard you, I care, and I'm trying to do something that will make you feel, you know, that um, I'm really invested in this relationship. Mm-hmm. So it it's not just a misalignment of perceptions of effort being put into the relationship, um, but it's also understanding the receptiveness mm-hmm. of your partner of of how they can recognize the effort that's being put in because you can yes so you yes. can put in that effort um and you understand it they could even understand what you're doing but it's not it's not registering it's not clicking on that emotional mm-hmm. level that says like this is what you do when i feel this is what you do when i want some love yes now to that point Very often, if your partner has been acting in a certain way that you have felt isn't exactly the way you'd like it to be, you now have that lens on, and you're going to keep seeing that. Mm -hmm. So what I will tell couples is, if you are making efforts to make certain changes, of course, it would be wonderful if your partner recognizes them and says, I noticed that you did this and I appreciate it, but if they don't, because either what you've been doing is, you know, not with horns and, you know, flares going up and everything, (laughs) or because the partner just keeps seeing things the same way, say, the person making the change say, you know, I try to do X, Y, and Z. I'm not sure if you noticed it because I really, you know, want you to know that I am making efforts Hmm. because Again, when a couple has gotten into a rut, it may take a little while to see the differences uh, that each one is trying to make. And I I love that point, and I know we've said it in past podcasts about just being very uh, direct um, about what you're doing and the intention. We don't have mm-hmm. to talk in code or mm-hmm. interpret actions made by our spouse, we can just ask, or we can just tell, we don't, we don't have to Mm -hmm. like dance around the subject. Like I'm doing this because I love you. And I want to show you that I love you. Like literally just say those words. And then it's not, there's not going to be any, and they can respond and say like, Oh, that's nice. I don't really care. Uh, like that gesture you did, like, it doesn't really impact me. If you really wanted to show me that you love me, you would do X, Y, or Z. And you can, yes. Yeah. And I was going to piggyback on that and say, so again, let's say the husband is trying something and he, this is new for him, whatever he's trying or not what he normally does. And she doesn't notice. So he says, Hey, you know, I, I, um, you know, I made the beds every morning this week and, um, you know, that was my attempt at trying to show you that, you know, I'm, here to help with the house as well. And she can say, yeah, I do appreciate that. And he can say, is that the kind of thing you were talking about Mm. when you asked me to be more aware and help around the house? And she can then say, oh gosh, 
I do appreciate you made the bed, but that's not really what I was hoping you would do. I would like it more if you did, you know, um, made the dinner every night right. or, you know, offered to do the laundry or whatever. So, again, it's a matter of communicating about it and refining it and understanding it. But here's the underlying message. We're working together. Right. We're trying to make this so that each of us are contributing to this relationship and have our skin in the game. Mm-hmm. Which brings us full circle. And so I will conclude by asking, do you have anything else you wanted to add? No, I had some extra points while we were talking and I decided I wasn't going to say to you like I always do. Oh, see, this is my extra. No, I, I'm good. I'm good. I think that, um, you know, we ended up um, detouring uh, a little bit as far as how to actually work it through. But I think that uh, it, those points, or at least I hope that they were helpful. Yeah, I think so. I think so. We'll, we'll, we'll hear if they weren't. Okay. <laughs> so, uh, well, thank you so much for your time, Karen. It is always a pleasure. Thank you for having me, Steve. Love, love having you on. Um, before you guys go, I want to remind you that you have been listening to Dr. Karen Sherman, a practicing psychologist in relationship and lifestyle issues for over 30 years. Karen is the author of Mindfulness and the Art of Choice, Transform Your Life. She is also the co-author of Marriage Magic, Find It, Keep It, and Make It Last. You can get this information at her website, drkarensherman.com. And of course, we have this uh, information available on our website, hitchedmag.com, where we have thousands of articles, uh, hundreds of podcasts, uh, and more. So uh, check that out. And until next time, that's going to do it for us. Take care, everybody. And now it's time to...